God's timing is absolutely amazing. It's amazing in that we today are starting a sermon series on the topic of justice. It's amazing in light of all the events that are going on in the world, the events in our country that are absolutely spiraling out of control, the racial strife, the violence that we have, the modern day slavery that is happening, the sex trafficking, the refugee flight. We see tens of thousands of people um, fleeing their, their homes, fleeing their countries, nowhere to go, the poverty that is everywhere and all the problems that poverty causes, the, the hunger, uh, the homelessness that causes children to be at risk in so many ways. It just all contributes to what seems like an increasingly volatile world that we live in. And when you think about some of these things, they are really justice issues. So isn't it amazing that today we start talking about justice? And I want to be honest with you, the stuff that I see going on uh, that we're calling justice issues, they really scare me because I see the brokenness Uh, The lives being ruined, the way that it is tearing the world apart, tearing our country apart. Now, as we get started, I do want to give you just a little disclaimer, okay? Please do not read into any of this uh, as a political thing. We're we're in a political climate right now with the election, and uh, this is not Democrat or Republican. This This is seeking the scripture to try to see things from God's perspective, well, justice is a deeply biblical issue. It's, a, it's an issue that's very dear to God's heart, as I think we'll see as we look at some scriptures today about justice. And it is, it's heavy stuff. It's very heavy. Some of those issues that I, that I mentioned earlier are so heavy, but I think that in many ways this can be a joyful endeavor as we see ways to faithfully follow Christ and share God's grace in the hurting world. There will be joy for us as we see that. Well, I think that there's some, there's some soul-searching that we need to do to take this seriously, to take a look at justice and some of the issues of justice. So we ask ourselves, as followers of Christ, what does God expect of us? It's a hard question, very hard question. What does God expect? But again, there's joy, and especially when we realize that we as the church, God's people, are the only ones that can make a difference in the world. Well, to get us started, we're going to talk about the question a little bit of what is justice from God's perspective. And I think all of us have some preconceived ideas about what justice is. But I pray that we might be open to the spirit that might inform us a little bit more. Well, when getting started on this message, I asked somebody, uh, what, what is justice? from your perspective. And, and the first thing they thought of was punishment. You know, punishment. When, when someone breaks the laws of, of society or the laws of the land, that there is punishment, you know, in a, in a way that we, we kind of like to see people get what they deserve. But unless it's us. I mean, generally, we, that, we think of that as justice, people getting what they deserve. But what do you think of when you think of justice? I, I think of things like maybe the righting of wrongs, 
I think of maybe, maybe a court of law where the innocent person that's been accused is set free because the truth was discovered and the guilty was found out. Justice. I think of, of when, when rich and powerful people are held to the same standard as everybody else, when there's equal treatment, that injustice cannot be bought with a bribe or with influence. That seems like justice. You know the, the image of lady justice with the blindfold and the scales? Uh, that, that sort of thing. But when we, when we start to look into some scriptures I'll share with you this morning, and, and Jesus weighs in on this issue, we may find that some of our preconceived ideas might be a little bit out of kilter, might be kind of incomplete, that the Spirit may speak to us today. Well, here's an example of a scripture that that bothers me when I look at this. Matthew 20, there's a story about, Jesus tells about laborers going out into a vineyard. And, and at the beginning of the day, the guy that owns, owns a vineyard, he hires a bunch of workers at the marketplace where they would come to be hired, sends them out into the hot sun to work all day. They agree on a payment, what they get paid for the day's work. They go out. Well, a little bit later in the day, there's some more workers. And the vineyard owner uh, says, yeah, go out and work. I'll pay you what is right. And some later in the day, there's some more. And at near the very end of the day, some more workers are found in that marketplace. And the vineyard owner says, what are you doing here? Why aren't you out working? Well, nobody would hire us. And he said, well, go out and work in my vineyard. And towards the end of the day, they went out and they started to work. Well, you know what happens? You may know this story. When they come in and they get paid and they're lined up, they all get paid the same. The ones that were out in the hot sun all day get paid the same as the ones that only worked a little bit of time at the end of the day. So I think to myself, how is that fair? How is that justice? I don't know why that last group was late to show up for work. The story doesn't say. My theory is that they were playing Pokemon Go. And they, you know, they went. They, they got lost. I don't know. The story doesn't talk about that. But what I do know is that the Spirit, when I read this, it nudges me to, to tell me that I'm awfully quick to jump to my preconceived ideas. That if someone doesn't show up early for work, if someone isn't working, that it's their own fault. Why should I be concerned? You know, this parable Jesus told primarily to show us that the kingdom of God is open to us. We will fully receive in the kingdom if we come late in the grace of God. But I see this in the story. I see that, that it's generosity of, of the vineyard owner that, that, hold, that, Jesus, that God holds up here. In God's perspective, generosity is needed to avoid economic injustice. It takes more than fairness. It takes really humbly realizing that not everybody has the same opportunities. Not everybody has the same background, upbringing, privileges in earning a living. And I need to be humble in dealing with folks. Generosity based on humility is needed for God's justice. Another story of 
of Jesus is the Good Samaritan in Luke 10, where Jesus tells about a guy that was on a on kind of a dangerous road, known for trouble. Well, surely enough, there were robbers there, and they they jumped the guy and they beat him to a pulp, took everything he had, left him for dead. If he wasn't dead already, they figured he'll be he'll be dead soon, and off they go. Well, pretty soon, uh, a priest comes down the road. Now you'd think a priest would help the guy. Priests are good good people, right? Yep. Priests are nice guys. They're going to stop and help. But this priest walks by on the other side of the road. And pretty soon, a Levite. guy that works in the temple. Surely he's a good guy. He's going to help. And he doesn't. You know, he's on the other side of the road. I don't see nothing. And he goes on by. Well, then Jesus tells of another person that comes down the road. Maybe he'll help. Now, to the Jews, listening to the story originally... This third guy would be the one they assumed would pass by on the other side and pay no attention to the man in trouble because that man was a Samaritan and the hurt man was a Jew and the Jews and the Samaritans hated each other. They looked down on the Samaritans because when the northern kingdom of Israel was conquered by Assyria, uh, many of the Jews were were carried off and, and many foreigners were brought in. And there were, you know, intermixing of, of marriages. And the Jews, they are an inferior mixed race. And the Jews would just ignore them, try to avoid Samaritans at all costs. But here comes a Samaritan, and he sees this injured man, and he doesn't pay any attention to those prejudices. He comes and he helps him. He uses his own money to help him. He takes his time to help the man and Jesus holds this up as this is the true neighbor. We're to love God and love our neighbor. Who's our neighbor? Our neighbor is everyone, regardless of any of that. In God's perspective, race is never an excuse to consider someone in some way less valuable or not worth that mercy and that kindness. See, Jesus holds up a different standard than we might be used to seeing what we might have had ourselves. One day, a group of Pharisees, they pretended to have a question of justice that they wanted to bring before Jesus. What they were really doing was trying to trap Jesus. But they brought a woman and paraded this woman in front of him and in front of everybody else that was gathered there. And they said, this woman was caught in the very act of adultery. Well, what should we do, Jesus? The law says that we should stone her to death. What do you say, Jesus? And Jesus said, let the one of you, the first one of you who is without sin, let that person be the one to throw the first stone at her. That's what Jesus said to them, and one by one, they all disappeared. In God's perspective, justice is more than strict adherence to the law. There is grace in God's justice. There's that understanding that we are all sinners and that we are all worth redemption. There's another question, just a side thing on that story that doesn't even get mentioned. But where was the man that the woman was committing adultery with? Because the man was subject to the same law, should have been stoned if they want to go with that, uh, that strict adherence. 
But the Pharisees were conveniently ignoring that in their culture. And today, too, sexism causes injustice. Seeing the issue of justice, especially social justice from God's perspective, is a hard thing to do. But what does God expect from his church? Our theme passage for this series puts it very simply, and I really like when things are put simply, because I can grab a hold of that. Micah says, he has shown you, O Israel, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To do justice, or to act justly, as some translations say. To love kindness. To walk humbly with God. Do you see that those are all action words. What does God expect of us to act or to do, to love or to walk humbly with God? There's a lot of action in what is expected of us as God's people. The prophet Micah says God has shown us what is required. He's shown us in different ways. One is through the history of God's people. And when we look at the stories in the Old Testament, We have to realize that's our story too. We are part of that story today. That forms us, tells us a lot about who we are today and what is expected of us today. Well, if we go back to Abraham a minute, God called Abraham and said, Of you, I will build a great nation, and you will be blessed to be a blessing. Well, later to escape famine, that group had to go to Egypt to find food. And God did. They, they multiplied. They grew. And pretty soon the Egyptians were afraid of them because they grew to be so strong. And they enslaved them. That's how they dealt with, with them. God's people experienced the injustice of slavery firsthand. That very, very harsh uh, treatment because just because of the race, because they were out Siders, not invited to be part of society, treated as, as property. And God called Moses. Moses, with various miracles of God, led the people out of Egypt to, uh, to the promised land. But that abhorrence of slavery was to be part of who we are in our DNA as a church, as God's people. Contempt for injustice should be part of our DNA as God's people. There's a holy discontent that we, it's right when we feel that, when we see injustice, because as God's people, we were called to, to bless other people. That's why God blesses us. Well, how else has, shown, has God shown us what he expects of us as God's people? God's heart for justice was shown in the earliest laws that the people were given when they came out of slavery, uh, headed to the promised land. You can see God's heart in this from these laws and how he uh, expects them to treat one another. Let me just share a couple. Leviticus 19 says, do not use dishonest standards when measuring length, weight, and quantity. Use honest scales and honest weights. See, from God's perspective, God cares how we treat one another. There's justice in that. Leviticus 19 says, Do not go over your vineyard a second time or pick up the grapes that have fallen. Leave them for the poor and the foreigner. You see God's care 
and concern for one another. How about Exodus 20 from the Ten Commandments? You shall not covet your neighbor's stuff. These laws were given because God knows how easy it is for us to let greed cause us to take advantage of somebody else. Greed is one of the root causes of injustice. When someone goes hungry because we use our power to advance our material well-being at the expense of somebody else's, we're, we're guilty of injustice. It may be legal by all standards, but injustice. God's perspective, when someone has plenty and cares nothing about the person in need, it's injustice. What has God shown us? History of God's people shows us that God's justice is actually proactive for people or groups who are most vulnerable or without power. You know, it said about the grapes, for the poor and for the foreigners. Proverbs 31 says, speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, for the rights of those who are destitute. And Isaiah 1 says, learn to do right, seek justice, defend the oppressed, take up the cause of the fatherless, plead the case of the widow. We're to be proactive when we're indifferent to the needs of others, especially vulnerable groups like children at risk. We pass by on the other side. We are culpable of injustice. What has God shown us about what is expected as God's people? Well, we have the revelation of Jesus. You know, Jesus came as the fulfillment of the Old Testament law and the prophets. Jesus is a personification of righteousness that the law and the prophets is to take us to. The Old Testament talks about justice a lot, so we know it's at the heart of God. But you'll find in the New Testament, the word used is righteousness, and they are virtually interchangeable. Justice and righteousness. What is justice? Justice is righteousness manifested in all those things that we have seen reflected in those scriptures. In our Luke passage today, Jesus is beginning his ministry and uh, showing the people that he is the fulfillment of the prophesied Messiah. He was at his hometown. He was at Nazareth. And he went to the synagogue and they asked him to read the scripture. And they gave him the scroll of Isaiah. And he opened it up to what we would have as Isaiah 61. And it was about um, what the Messiah would be like, what this coming Messiah would be all about. And he read this. He said, He has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery, the sight of the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. It's all just the stuff right from the very beginning when Jesus declares that, yes, I am the Messiah that has been foretold. He's showing, of all the scriptures, he's showing that justice is important. Jesus came to bring freedom and salvation, both in a physical and a spiritual sense. And he asks us, he invites us to join in. Because through, through his power and his grace, we can be a blessing to others.
we can make a difference. Slavery in this country was an extremely ugly injustice. Powerful people grew richer as human beings were captured and sold as property. John Newton was one of the slave traders. John Newton later wrote that hymn, Amazing Grace. One day when he was on a ship, encountered a terrible, terrible storm, and he thought for sure that he would be going down with the ship, that all would be lost. And he cried out, Lord, have mercy on us. And the ship made it through the storm. And Newton began to reflect that maybe God's grace was real. God's grace was at work. And he gave up the slave trade, became an Anglican clergyman. But his faith led him in a totally new direction. And our faith can lead us in totally new directions and even towards giving up some of the preconceived ideas about what is expected of us. Newton came to do justice. He came to love kindness and walk humbly with God as he joined with Wilbur Wilberforce in the, in the fight against slavery to do away with that in England. He made a difference. Injustices are everywhere, everywhere in our world today, in our country today. But the good news, the joy, is that by joining together in ministry to a broken and hurting world, we can make a difference and change lives. You know, we may never get to see the difference. We may never know that we've made a difference when we get involved in the way that God's, God is at work through ministries, maybe to children at risk, through things like divorce care for kids with our, our basketball ministry the Expectations Women's Center, Big Brothers and Big Sisters, they're all doing justice. One of the ministries of First Church is tutoring of elementary school students from Cochrane uh, at the North Campus. And a while back, I visited that, and I was really, really touched by what I saw. To those kids, I really don't think it was much about schoolwork. I think that it was about someone that wanted to see them, someone who wanted to be with them, spend time with them, help them, give them a hug. That's what it was about. And I couldn't help but to think that lives were being transformed in Christ because God's people were not content, were not satisfied to just pass by on the other side of the road. If nothing else this morning, please hear this. What we do in ministry together as the church makes a difference in this hurting world. What we do in ministry together in Christ's name makes a difference in the world because Christ calls us to do that and offers the spirit of the, to, to help us. That is really, really good news.